interrupt our regular program schedule to bring you the following special report. Here is a flash just received in our newsroom. We interrupt this broadcast and bring you this important bulletin. This is a special edition of the Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. Let's get to the UCF breaking news with your hosts, Bailey Adams and Christian Simmons. Welcome into a special post-game edition of the Pegasus Podcast. You can follow find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. I don't even know where to begin. This is a post-game podcast for a UCF men's basketball game, a double overtime victory over Memphis on UCF's home court. I think an all-time classic in any UCF sport ever. Christian, you I, were there. I'm very tired. Um, I, I can't. It always I, sounds I, great. I, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it's, we've talked about this before. I don't do a lot of, well, I can barely talk. I don't do a lot of um, UCF sporting events as a fan since I largely cover the team. And when I do, I kind of overdo it. Like, I don't really know what the limit is for how a human is supposed to act at these things as a fan. Like I'm like, I'm like a kid who hasn't been like socialized, like being released into the world. Like, I'm just like, I'm just like <laughs> screaming nonstop and people look at me like I'm crazy, but yeah, I, I mean, let's, let's be clear. Like it's really funny. We talked about that we were going to do a post game pod if they won this game like several days ago. We decided on that, and yeah. I at the time when I suggested that and we agreed upon it, did not process that it was going to end up being like one of the most insane UCF sporting events of I don't even know maybe ever. I, I can't recall being in a game <laughs> of UCF sport that's been as insane as that was. I man, I don't even know where to start. I really don't. Yeah, because it's it's especially funny because we cover football so heavily on this podcast that like we need to set the stage for this game a little bit before we even dive into how insane it was. I mean, UCF and Memphis came in to this game. Uh, Memphis was two and one in conference play. UCF was three and one. I believe UCF was 12 and four. I think Memphis was also Both 12, were 12 and four. Coming um, in the game. This was a big one. This was a really, really big one. Very, very early. It's January 11th, but in bracketology, as of right now, coming into the game, Memphis was in, uh, I believe it was Joe Lenardi's first, our last four in UCF was in his first four out. Um, so obviously this game could sway that. Um, and UCF played this game without Michael Durr, without Darius Johnson. And the game, it was one of those things where you texted me early and and I kind of started watching a little bit late. Um, but when I checked in, I don't know, this is probably a couple minutes in. Shortly after I checked in, UCF went up 19 to 6. Yeah, they and hit three like, straight threes. And I, I, you and me were both like, like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I think they're just going to bury them. Like, I, I like it. it was such a, and as UCF's offense has done a few times this season or a lot this season, I should say, they stalled out. Memphis got back in it. And the crazy part is UCF went to halftime with a one point lead. It's like, okay, this has got the makings of a good game. Memphis scored the first 15 points of the second <laughs> half. I mean, it was just an avalanche. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, UCF's done. And I'm like, this sucks. I was looking forward to doing a podcast. And, I cannot overstate how unusual it is for any sport. And it's been a few times this year it's happened now that this team just doesn't freaking blink. They just don't. I, I there was, I mean, talking from body language on the, on the side of the court, from the way that not the side of the court, I sideline a word in basketball. I don't even know we're a football yeah. podcast, but from, you know, the energy on the bench to the coaching staffs, the way they played, they just stayed settled. They didn't play panic. They didn't change how they played and they just chipped away and chipped away and chipped. I mean, it was a double digit game with a few minutes to go. And, <laughs> They get back in there and then suddenly, oh my God, they're going to overtime. And then you lose Hendricks and you lose Jalen Young fouling out late in the game. I have a theory that I think that actually, by the way, we have no stats because UCF somehow didn't, wasn't able to take stats for this game. So I have a few that I pulled off of Mark Daniels radio report and that's it. But 
you know, I think UCF in a weird way benefited from having Hendricks and Jalen Young foul out because they had fresh bodies in there for a while when Memphis didn't. And that was showing yeah. in that first overtime. And I mean, I, I can't process what kind of guts and grit it takes to allow a team to put up 15 straight points on you and to fall behind by double digits and never stop fighting and get to overtime and win I, that it takes a special freaking team to do something like that. Yeah. Um, Cause a little bit, you obviously you were there I'm here at home in Tampa and I saw, I was had the game up, was watching it and was like, it started to get a little bit out of hand in the second half. And so I was kind of like, all right, I'll keep it on, but not really going to pay attention to it here. I'm not really going to have to do a post game podcast. So I don't really need to know what happened. So there was like a stretch of time where I was just like, not really looking at it. I had it on my phone. I was watching something else on TV. And a little, a little while later, I looked down and it's like four minutes left or whatever. And like UCS made it a six point game. And I'm like, all right, should probably start paying attention again. <laughs> and then like, as it gets down the stretch, I'm like, all right, it's still kind of, it's still a six point game. There's like two minutes left. Like, I don't know. It just seems like they're not going to get the stops they need. Then if Horton hits a game tying three with 16 seconds left. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be a heartbreaker. Memphis is going to go down and score right here. I have the same here. thought. They be... left, I think it was like 15 or 16 seconds. Yeah. I'm like, they're not going to be able to stop them. Yeah. So they don't, if... they don't make it. And then UCF should have closed this game out in the first overtime. They went up by five with what? Like, let, like, like 30 seconds 40 to seconds. go yeah. and managed to blow it. Memphis carves down the floor, gets the and one, comes back, hits a shot. But let me say, I mean, like I said, there, there was, I thought the game was over in UCF's favor 20 different times. Like, and yeah. that's not even including the time that they they had to stop the game to determine how many points UCF had, which, <laughs> which that's never a thing I've seen before. If you're listening to this and you did not watch the game, there's a point in time where UCF is up 101 to 100 and you see Dawkins gets told something and starts yelling at the refs. The refs look scared. Penny Hardaway then starts yelling at the refs. The refs look trapped. And then the refs go to the, um, oh, and then Mark Daniels was leaping out of his seat, shrieking at the refs, which I've never <laughs> seen before. Like, and I'm like, something's going on. And the refs go and they go on the monitor and watch the entire overtime period on the monitor. And they come back and go, you know what? We never counted a free throw for UCF. So, so in the arena, 102 to 100. In the arena, was it always 101 to 100? As far as I know, yeah. Okay, so that's where the confusion was because I was watching it. I was watching it on the ESPN Plus broadcast. I could they be had it as one hundred two to one hundred. Okay, maybe so I'm a, when it. it was on the on the arena scoreboard as one hundred one to one hundred when they went to the monitor. So that's the thing is, yeah, it was it was one hundred two to one hundred or yeah, it was even like one hundred two to ninety eight. I think at, at one point, and then Memphis hits a couple free throws, and then I put my phone down for a second, look back, and it's one hundred one to one hundred, and then they start congregating near the the score, whatever near the the sideline um and i for the longest time like the, even the announcers were like not really sure what's going on here and then they were given the explanation that the it, it was something what I, I sent you the exact words they said it was something really like weird that they said it was a discrepancy um, among free yeah, throw shooting the, the discrepancy seems to be in the free throw column yeah and sure something that happened i guess multiple possessions ago and i think what it came down to was there was an and one that ucf had that they just apparently didn't count on the scoreboard. But you know, a little of the blame, a little of the blame falls on UCF because again, there was no stat keeping taking place in this game. And that's the reason that Mark Daniels is going ballistic, because as you know, good people do when they call games, he was keeping score. And when yeah. they put up 101, he looks down at his score that he's behaving says it's one or two. ESPN had it at 102. And it's it's so it, it, like I said, some of it falls on UCF for just not having stats, but I have never seen anything like that. And it, that's something that could have really swung the game, but 
It was, listen, I don't like talking about refs. That was one of the worst officiating games I've ever seen, like on both sides. Memphis got some horrible calls. UCF got some horrible calls going there. I mean, there were some critical turnovers in UCF's favor that just were not fouls. There were critical fouls against UCF that were not fouls. There were fouls that happened that were not called. One of Memphis players yanked on the freaking rim to the point that it went and they didn't call anything. So I, I, it, it was it, it was not a well-officiated game. But I just got to say, I don't know which Memphis player it was, but the Memphis player who couldn't miss from the free throw line, don't know his name since, again, there's no stats. According to Daniels, he went 21 for 23 from the free throw line. 21 points from the free throw line, and UCF still won. I I, I can't even fathom that. I really can't. Listen, I, I understand the game went to double overtime, and I understand I don't want to talk about refs, but that man went to the free throw line 23 times. 23. I, you mean to tell me? I, I don't know. I, well, we're not going to get into that, but – <laughs> listen, I part of the reason this game was so important is listen, I've been trying to lead the hype train here because I it, this this team has just felt different from the last few UCF teams and I think part of that was there really was a culture reset and a locker room reset. They brought in a ton of new guys. They brought in the highest rated recruiting program history. I think Dawkins with a fresh batch of players was able to really rehone his message and really recraft what he wanted the team to be because I do think that was falling off a bit towards the end with the last with the last year's roster and Listen, I believe that the hardest team was Taylor Hendricks. The hardest team was Darius Johnson. To have no Darius Johnson the whole game and to lose Hendricks early, I think it was early in overtime. And to no, it still was do 40 seconds or something like that. 15, it was late in regulation. Oh, it was late in regulation. Excuse they me. They played you. both overtimes without without Taylor Hendricks and Jalen Young. And that's and that's not to mention Michael Durr also who didn't play the game because he was hurt. I, I I for a team to basically turn over its whole roster and have the kind of depth to go up against a team like Memphis and go into two overtimes missing multiple starters, three starters including one of your back, not including one of your backups who was elevated to starter. That's that's insane, and that's what makes me think it can be special. That's one reason this game was big. The second is just that was a huge resume boosting win. When we talk about this team having NCAA tournament potential, which by the way, guys, cats out of bag, can't deny it. Now they're in it. They're what are they going to be? They're 13 and four. Now all the losses by single digits, they're almost knocked off Houston. Who's now number one. And is coming to addition financial arena next week. The hype is on the hype is on a double, a double overtime loss to start the season a two point loss to Miami, a buzzer beater, two point loss to Missouri, who I believe is now ranked and a six point road loss to Memphis. Who's the top ranked team in the country right now. And they've got wins over Oklahoma state, over Florida state, over Ole Miss, over Memphis. Now I, I, this team is freaking good. And I hope people appreciate it because I still don't think anything's really like, this is what UCF basketball is supposed to be to me. I know there are some people who are like, Oh, you know, UCF basketball, you know, UCF football won the peach bowl. So why aren't they better? Cause that makes sense. And this is it, is you build up towards these things and that every few years you can have a really special season like this. And I think this is their next 2019. I really do. I, they've, they've, they've bought themselves some breathing room now too of this win where they've got this signature win where they can go lose a game here or there and it's not going to matter, especially if they beat Houston, which I'm not saying they will, but man, they play them close on the road. And, and the, the place was rocking tonight. It wasn't a sellout, which is fine. It's a Wednesday night, but the student section was as packed as I've ever seen it. I cannot remember the last time the arena got that loud. I was there for much of the 2019 run. I was there for the big win over Cincinnati. I, I can't remember the last time the place got that loud. Yeah. And the thing that's crazy is we talk about the depth that had to step up. I mean, Ty Freeman had that big uh, and one at the end in double overtime. PJ Edwards had to step in and play a lot. Um, guys that you just haven't seen really contribute this year as, as much as, you know, the regular guys. And then, that's all without saying, I know he's been out for a while, but CJ Walker has been out for yeah. weeks. Or Another weeks, guy yeah, who would weeks. be a starter and he's basically and he's not been a part of the out season. For the season. Yeah. He's out for the season and they're doing this. So without CJ Walker, without Darius Johnson, without Michael Durr, and then to lose 
Jalen Young and Taylor Hendricks before overtime and to still outlast Memphis, it's insane. Like it, it shouldn't really happen. It shouldn't be possible. Um, it really shouldn't, especially for a team that turned over its whole roster. I mean, we were talking about this <laughs> offseason. Where are these players going to come from? And that and that's where the locker room culture and the and the and the belief of the team itself really comes into play. Because like I said, it was an attitude thing. I mean, they were just so calm the whole game i mean and they were so i mean every time it's like they're down 11 and they hit a three to make it to eight and the bench is going nuts then memphis immediately goes back up by double digits they cut it to nine with a two the bench is going nuts i mean they never didn't believe that they were going to win that game and listen and it's it's even more thing in a sport like basketball like i like i understand in football like heart and hustle only takes you so far it can take you far in basketball and it showed tonight and the other thing i want to talk about is just i was talking a little bit about the atmosphere i i saw the vision tonight you know, I, I know that I'm sounding philosophical with my weird crackly voice, but I saw the vision, man, as UCF's playing this high stakes game. The place is packed. The place is loud. The students are going nuts. People are screaming. The energy is palpable. And I'm like, this team can play in the Big 12, man. I, you know, it's, it, you're, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling this isn't hype from tonight. I'm telling you right now, UCF is going to get a lot of very, very good teams at home next year because that's the, they're going to get all of them at home, all the top teams at home at some point. And if they bring that atmosphere for those games, which tonight maybe feel like they could, they're going to win a couple of them. And I know year one, the goal is just to 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 survive. But I'm telling you, <laughs> they can win a couple of those games with a crowd like that. I really saw the vision for this program with that. And, you know, Taylor Hendricks is going to the going to the NBA next year, which is insane. He's probably going to be a first-round draft pick. That's going to pay. I know people are mad that, oh, we're only going to have one year. Having a one-and-done changes your status in college basketball. And a lot of programs <laughs> that are blue balls that have one-and-dones. I mean, I did, this was a – this. it's not like this was a program-defining win because it wasn't, but it was a program-envisioning win, if that makes sense, where it's like I see the blueprint here. I see the map for how this can be a legit basketball program. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it, all the pro- same problems still exist, obviously, like the investment, the just every everything that's 100% led to, to all of that. But um, yeah, I mean, you you come out of a night like tonight and it, you can't help but feel really, really good. And yeah, it's there's sort of 13 and four, four and one in the AAC. Uh, another big game this Saturday at Tulane, who won tonight um, there. I think they're also four and one in the AAC. Um, so I yeah, was I mean, going to ask, yeah, Tulane's not e- that. Like, listen, you, the UCF can go lose to Tulane. They're not a pushover. I mean, this is the AAC. <laughs> AAC is not a pushover basketball league. They're still going to be tough. It's not because then, I mean, they go on the road next after that uh, next Saturday at USF, and USF's not a great team, but they just lost to to Houston by six tonight. I think that was on yeah. the road. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's tough. And then they come back home and, and host Houston. So let me tell you yeah, something. I was looking at their no schedule. Gimmies, on, really. I was looking at their schedule real quick before we got on, and. I saw USF coming up and I was like, oh, right. Like I, I kind of in my brain over football, like just sort of assumed that they don't have to play USF in sports anymore. Like it was a weird moment where I'm like, oh, there's another USF game. I have to deal with USF fans on Twitter again, but Vegas, they got potential, man. This yeah. team is, is going places. And for, like you said, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but for them to be down as down far down the roster as they were to still win, I mean, that's going to pay dividends the whole season. And basketball is about resume. You know, you can lose games and be okay, but getting to, getting a win like this, adding another big win, I mean, man, it, it, they're really building something here. I, the tournament is very much on the table. Yeah, which is, I mean, crazy. Because I, I think even coming into tonight, even knowing, yeah, a win would be huge, I, I just don't think I really fully believed that it was going to happen. I was like, yeah, it would be nice if that happened, but I just, I don't know. I don't know if I see I'm with it. you. I'm with you. Memphis, Memphis is just that they're – they're just ahead as a program I mean, they've got they've you've seen them in the last couple of years and you've seen what they've done to UCF um, at times in the last couple of years. Memphis um, has been the so, man for UCF, honestly, these last few years. I mean, they've gotten wins here and there. They beat him at one point last year, but it's like they, it just feels like Memphis is always the end of the road for the UCF hype, whether that be in the AAC tournament or elsewhere. And 
you're right. I, I mean, Memphis is a lot more Big 12 than UCF is. I mean, Memphis is Memphis spends like a big time program. They recruit like a big time program. I got to tell you, Penny Hardaway, love the man because, you know, as you know, I'm a Magic fan and he was very good here before I was born, but I respect it anyway. And he, I had a love, lo, a moment I love from him the game. I think it was CJ Kelly. I, I, I hope it was. You can't prove me wrong. There's no stats. He got <laughs> called for a foul on that end of the court and he is losing it over getting called for the foul. You can see that he's cursing. He's jumping up and down. I'm like, don't get a technical, don't get a technical. And he bumps into Penny Hardaway. And Penny Hardaway grabs him by the shoulders and goes, and you can see he's being like, calm down, man, calm down. Like, just take it easy. And CJ Kelly's like, all right, yeah, you're right. And then turns around. I'm like, why did Penny just calm down an opposing player? Like, he should have, like, slapped him and, like, got him to get a tentacle. I, I just, I don't know. It's hard not to like Penny Hardaway. I really do like that dude. But I, yeah, man, it was just such a funny moment. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny to hear. Um, And th- I think this sums it up pretty well. And we talk, actually, so we have a little bit behind the scenes. We have our normal recorded or our normally scheduled uh, podcast coming out uh tomorrow to i don't know today as you're listening to this i have no idea when you're listening to this i'm gonna rec- i'm gonna post uh, and- that one early tomorrow morning so you guys are gonna get okay. it i'm gonna force you guys to listen to this one by not posting the second one until after your morning commutes and so we uh, talk a little bit toward the end of that episode about john rothstein uh because john rothstein is college basketball and he's the best and he sums it up really well uh he, he tweeted after the game ucf is quote in position to be in position uh knights beat memphis in double overtime trending upward under johnny dawkins and yeah, I mean, they're, they're building up their resume. They're putting themselves in a position to be in the conversation when it comes to selection Sunday. Obviously there's a long road ahead. There's a lot of work to do. There's still two months of the season almost. Um, but oh, it's, I mean, we're not taking the pedal off here. I mean, I, I, yeah. but it's just, it's time to start, you know, I, I hope that this was UCF really pushed this game as a game to get people out to, to get the general fan base into the basketball team. Cause that's not a given because UCF is a football school at the end of the day and the fan base showed up. And it's I, I, it's time for the general fan base to start taking some notice of this team because they are going places. They are. You know, I'm very excited to see what comes next. Yeah, it is extremely exciting. Uh, anything else you think we need to get to? I, yeah, I yeah, their uniforms matter. The, I, I've never yeah. liked UCF basketball's uniforms. They've worn horrible uniforms in just various forms. I, I And their most recent batches, the last couple, the ones from that lasted a couple years and the ones before that were just the plainest uniforms imaginable. By the way, guys, that's right. We're really ending on uniforms. And these ones are so nice, like the little palm frond pattern down the sides. They're so clean. I love clean uniforms. I know some people think they're boring. Those people are wrong. They, they're just these uniforms are perfect. The Polaris stars back above the above the name. The number font look, looks great on them. Excellent uniforms. Excellent home uniforms. That was a big part of the win to me. Is is look good, very good. <laughs> Memphis's uniforms, on the other hand, were some of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Dark blue with black numbers, a tiger stripe pattern, but only on the back of the jerseys. Horrible uniforms. They deserve to lose just for those. So. There you go. Cool. That's my final thing. So another basketball thing that I think we need to probably spend another 30 seconds to a minute on. If you Horton, we have, we don't have any stats, but if you if Horton had 30 points. Yeah. If we, we didn't say that, I meant stats. to say that earlier and I think I got sidetracked. Yeah. Horton I mean, balled the hell out. Oh my yeah. God. He is something special. Tied the game late in regulation. and just seemed like whenever they needed a big shot, he was there to, to give them that big shot. Um, and yeah, I mean, this team's just been, it's, it's starting the season and we were just like, this team's pretty fun to watch. Like this is, this has been a fun season so far. And now we're getting to the territory where it's like, all right, this could this really could be a special season, um, which, of course, I mean, you know, we've we've been down this road before where we're, we're opening up ourselves to to get hurt. But that's what sports are about. I mean, and yeah, I, mean, I can't on. wait. If you I'm see ready, a football, if you see I'm a football, to be hurt again. if you see a football can be a win away from the Cotton Bowl like nine different times, then why can't UCF basketball, you know, give us some hope? I mean, come on. Yeah. 
have some hope, but um, yeah, we you guys better you guys. listen to this, by the way, I swear to God, I know some of you aren't going to just cause it's basketball. I just know I'm judging you. Like, thank you for listening to our podcast most of the time, but I am judging you. Just, just know that. Yeah. Well, they're not going to know because the, the people, but... yeah, say so the people that you're talking to right now aren't. If All right. Those of you who do listen, spread it to the other people. Let them know that I'm judging them for not listening to this episode. Thanks. Yeah. Shame other people that, that may have not listened. Shame them into listening to this episode. That's how we're um, going to spread the Pegasus podcast on shame, shame and shame alone. There are worse ideas. Um, but yes, we'll get out of here now. Um, thank you guys so much for those of you who did listen to this special post game episode of the Pegasus podcast for a huge UCF men's basketball victory over Memphis. Again, the regularly scheduled podcast, UCF Football Talk, UCF Football Postseason Awards, that will be out shortly. Uh, could be out already as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this later. Um, but thank you guys so much for being with us. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thank you for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.